1: Welcome to hour number two, the morning after live on this Thursday, right here on Sports Grid and Sirius XM channel 159. That's the home for Sports Grid radio on Sirius XM. The Spiz Grizz network is Sports Grid and I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Thursday. Week six of the NFL season begins tonight in Chicago between the Bears and the Commanders. It is a football game and we love that a preview from chicago with our guy tyler rocky up next here on the morning after postseason baseball continues in the american league we recap what happened last night in the nl as well with burt murray a major league baseball insider for fans cited back here on the grid as well we look forward to the sunday slate the rest of the way in week number six with harrison sanford later on in this second hour we bring you up until 11 a.m eastern time it is week six of the nfl season it starts tonight on a thursday in chicago a full sunday slate for you but not as full because week six is also the first bye week in the national football league the texans the titans the lions and the raiders all on the bye this week and the raiders were in action in the final game of week number six on a monday evening in kansas city at arrowhead stadium a great football game that had so many components to it the chiefs winning 30 to 29 dropping Las Vegas to just one in four this year and a big story following the action on the field as the Raiders wide receiver Devontae Adams was leaving to the locker room a credentialed media person comes across his path and Devontae Adams shoves him to the ground well charges have been filed in Kansas City Devontae Adams has been charged with a city ordinance violation which is a little lower, as in Rappaport of NFL Network is reporting here, than a state misdemeanor assault charge, which was the initial reporting yesterday afternoon. This information coming from the KC prosecutor's office. It carries a fine of $250 to $1,000 or up to 180 days in jail or both. So charges have been filed for assault against Devontae Adams in Kansas City. This is a serious situation. The NFL continues its independent investigation of any discipline that Devonte might face a large fine or maybe even a suspension of game actions. Now, I'm not going to demean any injuries that this credential media worker has suffered. I'm not going to demean a charge filed against Devontae Adams, but it seems pretty clear what is happening right now. That credentialed media person is trying to get the bag. Devontae Adams, what he did was not correct, and he admitted as such immediately afterward. You can't just shove people regardless of how frustrated you are. But this media credentialed person is trying to get money out of Devontae Adams. I think it's pretty clear to see what is happening right now. We await the investigation from the NFL so the Raiders as we go team picture here on the bye week a time to reset after losing four of their first five games of this season but all four losses for Las Vegas by a combined 14 points they have been very very close but with no cigar so far this season only one win to their name and when you look at Las Vegas the rest of the way a team that entered this year with a win total of eight after being a 10-win football team last year, a playoff team in 2021 as well. That win total is now seven and a half at the bye week. The odds to make the postseason plus 330, the fourth longest price in the AFC. Only the Jets, Steelers, and the Texans have a longer number than the Raiders right now to make the playoffs and their odds to win the division, the longest we have seen at 28 to one this was a playoff team last year that outlook not as promising this season for las vegas a welcome to our sports grid radio audience here the second hour of the morning after live on this thursday all across the grid sirius xm channel 159 all of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the mix as well i am ben stevens so teams on the buy this week las vegas hoping to reset after a one and four start to this year and two teams in the afc south the Tennessee Titans, the Houston Texans, and the Lions, the fourth team, on the buy this week. So let's look at the AFC South because we have seen tons of market movement week over week from week number five to week number six the indianapolis colts are once again the favorite in this division they entered the season as a minus 170 favorite to win the afc south now it's a plus money price but at plus 155 the titans the second best price plus at plus 170 the texans the longest number and the jags the third best price at plus 240 it was jacksonville entering week five as the favorites in the afc south at plus 150 so you correlate those odds to win the division a regular season market with how many regular season wins you need to stack up to be in contention the updated win totals are interesting again it's the colts as the favorite to win the division in the afc south but indy's win total is eight and a half as is the titans but look at the juice the under has the juice for indianapolis and expectation they go under eight and a half it's even on both sides for tennessee Minus one ten over minus one ten under. Tennessee technically has a better win total, and the Titans already beat the Colts in Indianapolis last weekend. Jacksonville's number is seven and a half in the over has the juice. It will be Jacksonville and Indianapolis in action in the AFC South showdown in Indy this uh, this Sunday. The reason that is important where the game is played because the Colts have an eight-game losing skid in jacksonville duval county is not a good place to play for indianapolis but back here at home the colts a two and a half point favorite in a huge divisional matchup against jacksonville so two of the teams in the afc south facing each other this weekend jacksonville in indianapolis in indy houston and tennessee on the bye week six begins those buys in the national football league and week six of this nfl regular season starts tonight in chicago at soldier field between the bears and the commanders a preview up next
0: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
1: What is one thing you can say with certainty tonight? There is a football game, and football is better than no football. You can't say with certainty how good the football game is going to be or how many points we can expect to be scored in Chicago tonight, but there is a football game, and that is a beautiful thing. And we go live to Chicago right now. Tyler Rocky back here on The Morning After, joining us here on this Thursday live on TMA from ESPN Chicago to preview thursday night football between the bears and the commanders tyler what is the sense around the wonderful windy city on this thursday morning are the people fired up for a football game this evening at soldier field uh can we top
2: last week can we score more points than last week i think that's can it be a better game than last week that's all people are really asking for when you see the commanders and the bears getting set to duel on the lakefront here in chicago
1: that's what we need. That should be a bet on the FanDuel book. Like even money, maybe slightly favored. Will there be more points in this Thursday night football game than the 21 combined we saw last week? Not even, no, yeah, it was 21. Did some quick math right there. 21 between the Colts and the broncos because the over under tonight tyler as you well know is 37 and a half we have seen some line movement on the side in favor of washington on this thursday the commander is now a slight one point favorite and just eight cents of distinction on the money line minus 112 for washington minus 104 for chicago so tyler Aki, what is your expectation for thursday night football Well, when
2: you look at the total in this game, very low number like you brought up there, Ben. But I will cue you in on something with the Bears. They have scored on the first drive in each of their last four games. So as putrid of an offense as you think they may be, their first 15 script has actually gotten them points in four of the last five games, four of their five games this season. So maybe wait for it and try to get a live line after the Bears' first possession if you want to follow that trend in thinking that they will actually score some points on that first drive. So I would keep an eye on that. As for the side, I do think the situation sets up a lot better for the bears at home on Thursday night. And you've got a really banged up Washington team on one side. Meanwhile, for the bears, they're pretty much at full strength here. You will not find a healthier team, in my opinion, in the NFL right now. Now, health is relative to the Bears because the talent disparity between the Bears and the rest of the league is currently about as wide as it can get, I would imagine. But Mm -hmm. I do think that you're getting Jalen Johnson back, your star cornerback, and you're also going to probably see Nikhil Harry for the first time this season. How much he'll play still yet to be determined. We did see them hold out with Bayless Jones Jr., who missed a good portion of the beginning of the season before actually getting into the rhythm of the offense. He missed... The latter portion of training camp and then the early portion of the season, first three games with a hamstring issue and has finally been active the last two games. But we've seen his snaps limited offensively. So I'm not sure how much Nikhil Harry will see, but he was lifted off of IR earlier this week. And I think we will see some of him this week. And I'm expecting a full go out of cornerback Jalen Johnson.
1: So when you look at that total, Tyler, 37 and a half, you mentioned it. The Bears can't score on their opening drive. There is a first drive result prop category out right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook. And punt is favored at minus 155. So maybe if the Bears get the ball first, that's when you it's dive too into that close to Evanston market. for this to not yeah, be favored I mean, like that. Of, of course. it's I mean, This is Big Ten country here. You can have Los Angeles. Of course, Rutgers is the capital of the Big Ten world out on the East Coast. But... Chicago is the heartland, and it is still Big Ten country. So you see that total of 37 and a half. If you had to lean one of the two ways, would you go under for the game overall, or do you think we might actually see some points tonight in Chicago? Here's
2: something with the Bears. They are really, really good at shutting teams down in the second half. And last week, the Kirk Cousins sneak into the end zone, that's the only second-half touchdown they've allowed all season long. So it's been tough to score points on the Bears' defense in the second half. They've done a really good job at making adjustments. As for the first half, though, things can get a little bit di- a little bit dicey. I don't know if Carson Wentz is going to be the guy that can force the issue in that regard, but I would still lean to the over in this game. I know it's dropped significantly, about 2.5 points from where it opened, but I still think that the Bears' offense, as bad as it has been, it's starting to find its rhythm a little bit. They've put together scoring drives, and now you're starting to see some of these scoring drives turn into touchdowns, specifically because they've gotten their running back, David Montgomery, back. He's done a really good job inside the red zone, and they trust him on every single down. It doesn't matter if it's first and 10 or third and 10. They like David Montgomery, and they want to feed him the ball. So I would say when you're looking at that, I think this game goes over because I think the Bears start to score some more touchdowns, and I think the defense – probably going to be a little flimsy in that first half as
1: well so i think we could see some points in this one ben and frankly with a total at 37 and a half it's not all that hard to get us to and over those are the rushing yards props for tonight the bears the highest rushing play percentage in the national football league 60.2 percent of the time the only team that runs it at a 60 percent clip or more in the national football league but let's go back to that quarterback comparison Carson Wentz for Washington and Justin Fields for Chicago Tyler you mentioned the emergence of this Bears offense it looked the best it has all year last week against the Minnesota Vikings and Justin Fields over his passing yards prop of 170 and a half for tonight in two straight games how do you evaluate his play so far here in year number two in Chicago it's been rocky I think he's improving,
2: though. Last week was probably the best the offensive line has played all season long as well. But one thing that, Justin, you've seen early on this season is that when he gets comfortable, when he's in rhythm, he's good. But it's been a struggle to get him comfortable and get him into rhythm so far this season. And that's the thing that concerns me is can the bears establish that early on, especially against a good Washington front four that's going to get after the quarterback. I think we're going to see a lot of scrambles and you bring up that run pass disparity for the bears. It really is more 50 50 than people think. In fact, I would almost lean they pass at least try to pass more than run the ball. But a lot of those running plays or a lot of those passing plays, I should say, turn into running plays because Fields yeah. ends up scrambling. They run very few designed runs for Justin Fields, and he has had to make chicken uh, salad out of chicken you-know-what a lot of times this right. season. So I, I, I think that the numbers there are a little misleading. I do think they're going to try to air it out, though, but it may be a lot more of these quick-hitting passes over the middle Try to get him in rhythm early. That's what their offensive coordinator and play caller Luke Getzey has tried to do. Make him comfortable early. And last week we saw him start to do that with a little more success. But there was also a lot less pressure. It's a lot less pressure packed as a quarterback when you're down 21-3 as opposed to when you're coming out of the gates and trying to get the offense into some rhythm.
1: Tyler Aki giving us so many angles the second half success of the Bears defense their first drive and how good they have been in stacking up points and maybe looking at Justin Fields and his rushing yards prop tonight it's 40 and a half he's gone over that number in three straight games so Tyler as the rest of this season goes following this Thursday night football game week number six we look at the Bears right now a win total of five and a half. The outlook for the rest of the year, they have the second longest odds in the NFC to make the postseason. Only about a minute left here in this segment. What will success look like for you in terms of the Bears here finishing out the rest of this 2022 campaign?
2: It's not wins and losses. It's the development of the quarterback and I don't think the Bears are going to win many games the rest of the way. They did steal one week one against San Francisco, but I look at the rest of the schedule. You look at that December and into January. You're home. Or at, yeah, you're home against Green Bay. You're home against Philadelphia. You're home against Buffalo on the road at Detroit at home against Minnesota in a game the Vikings may need. It would not shock me if they go oh and five to close out the season. So it's going to be what can Justin Fields do to prove that he is the guy and that the Bears don't have to go out and draft another quarterback.
1: I think that's a really good point, and it's a good evaluation of this season, always setting that expectation for what success looks like. Tyler Rocky of ESPN Chicago. He will be running through the streets of the Windy City today, building up the hype for Thursday night football at Soldier Field between the Bears and the Commanders. Tyler, thank you so much for your time. I'll do my best, Ben. Thanks for having me. A proud alum of the unbeaten Syracuse Orange as well. A
0: huge football
1: game in the Dome this weekend. More TMA to come.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: The division series in Major League Baseball's postseason continued today. The National League was in action yesterday. The NL now getting the day off. The American League back into the fold. And back into the fold here, one of the best baseball minds you will ever find. A national MLB insider. A breaking news guy up there with Jeff Passan and the rest of them. It is Burt Murray back here on the morning after joining us to look at the postseason outlook in MLB. Burt. Thank you for joining us once again. Can't wait to talk some October baseball with you. All right, back
3: at you, man. It's been way too long. I'm just
1: excited to be back. Way too long, indeed. So let's go back to yesterday before we look at the AL games that are to come on this Thursday. The Atlanta Braves were down one nothing in the series uh-huh. against the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies pulling off the upset on Tuesday. It took a while for this game to get going last night in Atlanta, but once it did, Kyle Wright shuts out Philadelphia and the Braves even the series at one game a piece with a three nothing win over Philadelphia what stood out to you most about Atlanta's performance yesterday
3: yeah it was obviously it starts with Kyle Wright with what he was able to do he neutralized that Philadelphia lineup that had been playing pretty well lately um, and yeah. it's no surprise really because Kyle Wright this has been his breakout season and It just continued it last night. And Zach Wheeler, too, for the most part, he was brilliant. But his defense, especially Reese Hoskins, let him down. And to his credit, Zach Wheeler took credit for it. He took the blame, I should say, um, and said it was on him and not Reese Hoskins. But um, that Braves team is really dangerous. And they can beat you, one, with their pitching, two, with their offense, and then three, if they go go into the late innings, they have Ryzel Iglesias and Kenley Jensen. I know Jensen struggled this year, but, like, he's got experience in these kind of games. and. I'll tell you, when they're clicking, that's uh, that's a very scary team, man. Very scary.
1: And the funny thing about Kenley Jansen is, Bert, we have seen him so often in a Dodgers uniform. And yes, he's struggled at times throughout this year, his first in Atlanta, but he still had the second most saves in all of the bigs in the regular season, only behind Emmanuel Clase for the Cleveland Indians, or Cleveland Guardians, excuse me. So that was a big performance last night from Jansen in Atlanta. And Bert, my favorite thing, about the postseason now in Major League Baseball but really anywhere is based on one individual outcome you see the series odds for the rest of the campaign change drastically after the Braves lost game one they went from the heavy series favorite to advance to the NLCS to the underdog but now that the series is tied at one game apiece heading back to Philadelphia Atlanta is the series favorite once again so what do you think this series will be the rest of the way Who's your pick, Bert, here between Philadelphia and Atlanta?
3: Yeah, so this that's a really good question. And if you would or if you would have asked me that question coming into the series, I would have told you it was yeah. the Braves. Even after game 1, I would have still said the Braves, but if they had lost game 2, then it would have easily shifted to Philadelphia. And the fact that they got to Wheeler, they still got to deal with Aaron Nola, but the fact that they got to the fact that they got to Wheeler, it even out the series. So I'm still going to go with the Braves in 5 um but philadelphia is they're gonna put up a fight man they got i mean they're pitching i know they ended up having um they had wheeler go yesterday they got Aaron Nola going uh for game three they might have syndergaard available for game five um i know he pitched out of the bullpen yesterday but the, the fact that the braves won yesterday was key like that was a hmm. must 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 win uh so i'm going braves
1: it's a really good point about Zach Wheeler, by the way, as well. Didn't allow a base runner for Atlanta till the fourth inning. And he was good, but the Braves still get a win. And Kyle Wright, his 22nd win of the year, 21 in the regular season, the most in all of MLB. The next NLDS series in California between the NL West rivals in Southern California between the Dodgers and the Padres. And this series also now tied at one game apiece. San Diego earns the split last night in Dodger Stadium what does that mean for the rest of the series between Los Angeles and San Diego
3: this could end up being the series of the postseason so far uh, it's shaping up to be a battle of the heavyweights the Dodgers are obviously 110 games this year and they're the team that everybody is gunning for and then you have the Padres who are trying to be like the Dodgers and yesterday that win for San Diego the way they were able to pull it off obviously they end up getting some Crucial offense, but their bullpen performance, especially from Robert Suarez yesterday, was absolutely key. Um, And he ended up stepping up. Josh Hader closed it out in the ninth inning. The fact that the Padres still have Joe Musgrove to go, I believe he's pitching game three. Uh, If they can get up 2-1 in that series, then we're potentially looking at a massive upset here. And that being said, that the, the Padres should have never been counted out. I was... I should have given them more credit coming into the postseason. That's admittedly on me, because if you look at that team, I know they don't have Fernando Tatis Jr., but they're still pretty stacked from top to bottom. They got holes in that roster, of course, but they have elite talent. And in the postseason, elite talent wins. They've had bullpen guys step up, too, got starting pitching. I mean, that's, just, that's a dangerous-looking team right there if they're clicking, and right now they are.
1: And they're clicking and playing their best baseball when it matters the most. Game number three tomorrow night on a Friday in San Diego. A short trip for both clubs as they go down where the Padres home ballpark is. So Bert right now minus 480 was the price on LA entering yesterday's game number two. They're just a minus 180 favorite now to win that series outright. Let's flip it over to the American League. The AL the day off yesterday back in action on this thursday and as things stand in the american league pennant picture burt as we go big perspective first it's still the astros and the yankees as the two shortest prices minus 105 houston into that minus money category for the first time and the yankees at plus 150 and then you see the drop off there Bert, between the mariners and the guardians both at 10 to 1 is it still a two-team race in your mind as well
3: Right now it is. Um, I think the Guardians have a better chance of advancing than the Mariners do. Like the Mariners blowing that that lead in Game One, like that was that was tough. That's a very hard thing to come back from. But the Guardians, to me, they have the pitching that can keep these games close. I just don't know if they have the offense um, to pull off an upset of the Yankees. So yeah. how I'm looking at it right now is, I think it's pretty likely that we're gonna have an Astros versus Yankees ALCS, which. That's going to be tremendous theater like you, you couldn't have scripted it any better than that no like the uh, when the Yankees were cruising earlier in the season when they were on that massive run, there was only one team that was able to compete with them and that was the Astros and I'll, I'll tell you going in, I have the Astros as a favorite in that series, but I mean obviously postseason baseball can bring anything. Um, it, I'll tell you that's what makes it great but Astros versus Yankees, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, I can't wait. If
1: that, that home field advantage in Houston that the Astros would have Bert, as the top seed in the American League could prove to be crucial. Cuz you can imagine what those raucous environments will be like up in the Bronx when the Astros come to town. But first we focus on the ALDS, a crushing loss for the Mariners on Tuesday. A heroic win for Houston off the bat of Jordan Alvarez. I have not seen a no doubter home run like that Bert in a very long time 438 feet out of the ballpark in less than two seconds in the Astros walk off for the win eight to seven today though if there is going to be a bounce back for the M's it should be with the ace of the staff and Luis Castillo they are an underdog on the road in Houston a 3 30 p.m eastern time first pitch between the Astros and the Mariners Burt can Seattle have that resolve today in Houston
3: Yes, as long as Luis Castillo pitches like he has since the trade, and especially like he did in Toronto, because he was flat-out brilliant. He was unhittable in Toronto. And, I mean, that Toronto lineup is not full of slouches. Like, they're full of really talented players. And he uh, he mowed through them pretty easily. And this is the kind of game why the Mariners went out and acquired Castillo and then extended him, is from moments like these. I I'll tell you, it's kind of tempting with them as an underdog. I kind of consider them... I don't know. I think this is a pretty even match. I know the Astros lineup right. is pretty pretty potent, but Luis Castillo is, is almost as good as it gets. So I, I think they have a very legitimate chance here. It's just how does the rest of the rotation, how does the rest of the team respond uh, for this game and also for the remainder of the series too.
1: And Framber Valdez has been very good on the other side for the Strohs, but if you needed one spot, it is Luis Castillo for Seattle. The second game up tonight, up in the Bronx Nasty Nestor Cortez facing off against Shane Bieber. The Yankees and the Guardians, and of course the pinstripes, a favorite on that money line, Burt. Is there a path for an upset, though, with Bieber, a former AL Cy Young winner on the bump today for Cleveland?
3: Yeah, and it's it starts with Bieber. And he's he's an AL Cy Young award guy, as you said. Um, and he's got he's got the ability to to tame this Yankees lineup. And it's just it all depends on how. The Guardians' lineup fares against Nestor Cortez. And, like, that is the key to this game. It's basically the key to this series is how does their lineup handle the Yankees' starting pitching. And I'm not convinced that they're going to be able to put up a decent amount of runs. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. That's a recipe for their success right now. And they're also going to be without their hitting coach um, because he's going to end up being at a wedding uh, that he promised his wife two years ago. Um, So, I mean – Yeah, he couldn't have timed that one any worse, but I mean, maybe for the World Series, but
1: yeah. What insider uh, information that is, Burt. That is why we bring Burt Murray onto this show, because a team that has struggled offensively, the Guardians, who have scored one run in all three of their playoff games so far, and their hitting coach isn't going to be there. That's why Burt Murray is one of the best. I mean, Burt, fall weddings, whether it be football season or October baseball, it just can't happen. Just stop doing them. No. That's my charge no. to everybody out there. Bert. quickly here. How many games do you think we see between the Yankees and the Guardians? Could it go the distance?
3: I don't think it's going to go the distance. I don't think it's going to be three games, so give me four games in that series. I think okay. the Guardians win one, but, yeah, it's not going to go the full distance here.
1: The Yanks favored at home today with Nestor Cortez on the bump against Shane Bieber. Burt Murray, the best. Bringing you insider information like Cleveland without their hitting coach, for game number two of the ALDS. Bert, as always, thank you. More of the morning after up next.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: week number six of the national football league regular season starts tonight in chicago it is a football game and that is a good thing the bears and the commanders washington a slight favorite a one point favorite on the spread slightly on that money line as well at minus 112 with an over under at 37 and a half it starts the football week that will be in the nfl and it's never too early to look forward to sunday and maybe even a monday night affair in the afc west helping us do that here it is harrison sanford you can catch him all across the grid all weekend long on in-game live here on sports grid harrison thank you for joining us once again on this thursday on tma to preview the week six slate in the national football league
4: my pleasure my pleasure let's get to it let's uh, talk about making some money
1: Let's make some money here. And as it stands right now, Harrison, a game between the Colts and the Jaguars in the AFC South, it will be vitally important where the game is played because Indianapolis has lost eight straight games in Duval County on the road in Jacksonville. But this game, thankfully for Indianapolis, is in Indianapolis. A little bit of line movement, though. It was two and a half just earlier this morning, now down to just a point and a half in favor of Indianapolis indy harrison often i think home field advantage is overrated by the numbers but it might be very important for this game between the colts and the jags how do you think how do you see things playing out on sunday in indy
4: yeah it's a tricky spot because uh we don't know what jonathan taylor's health status is going to be going into this matchup so that's one of the factors for sure then on the other side as well while james robinson started the season strong he's kind of kind of not as he hasn't been as good the last two weeks, he hasn't totaled mm. 60 rushing yards in their past two games, so that's also a cause for concern. And you also look at the Indianapolis Colts' secondary as well, playing a lot better than they did last year, where they were one of the worst units. Uh, now they're kind of middle of the pack there with Stefan Gilmore, uh, there at defensive back. So now you look at the situation for Trevor Lawrence, um. Can he throw? Who's he? I don't know if the passing game is going to be that great, but I. And then the running game hasn't shown to be too great either. So uh, everything says that I could, I should take the Colts if they have Jonathan Taylor in tow. But again, we don't know that, and the Colts are also four and thirteen against the spread against their division over the last three years. So there is that factor as well. Uh, uh, For me, a classic Bet Live spot um in, in this matchup i might try and get somebody like alec pierce on an over prop uh for receptions or receptions yards uh because he won't p- probably get the treatment from uh well because jacksonville secondary is not as good uh but even then um going to be a hard spot to, to kind of target uh one of these teams and then you also have to remind yourself remember too even though these te- when these teams played already I believe Michael Pittman did not play, so that's also a factor as well. So the injury report is the most important report uh, going to this game for me.
1: Alec Pierce severely undervalued in the prop market and has been all season long. And we saw that on display last Thursday night. A receiving yards prop of 34 and a half, even in that atrocious offensive game. He ended up with more than 80 receiving yards and was Matt Ryan's favorite target all night long in denver indianapolis the worst scoring offense in the league less than two touchdowns on average that's why the total is 42 and a half so harrison that's a big game in the afc south division but it's a huge week in the afc overall because of the matchup inside arrowhead stadium in kc on sunday between buffalo and kansas city Right now, the Bills, a plus 180 favorite to win the AFC. The Chiefs, not all that far behind, but plus 350. And then a drop-off to Baltimore and the rest of the conference. Where do you think the value might lie within the AFC title odds at the moment?
4: The AFC title odds, I think I said it before uh, in our last show, and I'm going to kind of stick to it, even though it doesn't feel as comfortable as I did last time, or two weeks ago when I said it. I'm still rolling with the Chargers. I think they still have untapped potential. Obviously, they did mm-hmm. lose Ronnie's. They did they did lose uh Ronnie's they, they did lose their offensive lineman, uh, which is obviously mm-hmm. gonna play a factor in that Rashawn Slater. There we go. Um, uh, but at the same time, uh Keenan Allen is very important to this team. He is essentially, while he's an all-pro wide receiver, he's almost like a running back. He's good for those four yard gains, four five-yard gain pass receptions. We know Braden Staley loves to go forward on Third and on oh, fourth and short, um, so or even fourth and long. So, for me, I think Keenan Allen is definitely a big factor to the uh, to the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. they have a great value right now to potentially win that division because right now the Raiders are nowhere to be found, the Broncos are nowhere to be found. So, now it's pretty much if for me at least, it's the Chiefs and the Chargers. And so, if they can get out of that division, um, or even just make the playoffs, I think they have a strong chance there. Obviously, they need to get healthy um, on the defensive side of the ball and with Keenan Allen. But I still like their talent if they're relatively whole when the games really matter later in the season.
1: It's never too early to look forward to the Sunday slate. And it's never too early to look at Monday night football as well. The Bolts hosting the Broncos and another primetime game for Denver somehow, some way. L.A., a four and a half point home favorite so Harrison if you're buying into the Chargers still how big of a game is this within the division coming on Monday night
4: I think it's big not just not just for the Chargers themselves as a team for them for them to potentially back up my claim that they're a good bet to make right now just to, to make it out of the AFC or at least within that division um, yeah. I also think it's a, a, a powerful it could have a big impact on the Denver Broncos and where and where the team morale might be we've already the fans walked out on the team during a regulation game when the game was still being like, when the game was still in their hands. So I think you, if you're the Chargers and you have the chargers and you have this dazzling offense, even without Keenan Allen, if you're able to just put on a show uh, this upcoming Monday night football, I think that really does uh, has a big negative impact on the Denver Broncos in that moment. And for the rest of the season going forward. So now you can kind of, take them out of the mix we already see where the raiders are right now it's going to be very hard for them uh to kind of rally the troops considering their record so uh i think it's a it almost eliminates uh a a problem if the chargers are able to win and i think if they win in dazzling fashion uh there's going to have to be a call some type of call some type of adjustment uh from the broncos to kind of change the morale of not just that team but the fan base as well
1: i think it's a really good point we saw what happened
4: with carolina That's part of the reason why they let Matt Rule go. Like the fans just were not excited about the team.
1: Absolutely so and it's a first year head coach in Nathaniel Hackett and you see the Denver Broncos moving back on this board. The odds now in the AFC West, the Chiefs are the odds-on favorite in pretty heavy minus money at minus 240. The Chargers have the second-best price at plus 310. Like Harrison mentioned, it's a gap now between one and two, and then the rest of the division because the Broncos are 10 to one, the Raiders are 28 to one. Before the year got started, the Chiefs were the favorites at plus 155, but it was Vegas with the longest price, but it was only seven to one. All four of those teams within five and a half dollars of each other. Now the gaps across the spots in the AFC West are much much more substantial from the AFC West Harrison to the NFC West the Cardinals on the road this weekend in Seattle a three-point favorite Geno Smith has showed us something for the Seahawks offense but they can't stop anybody and Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury continue to make interesting decisions late in football games so it's on that key number of a flat three in favor of Arizona what's your approach to this NFC West showdown?
4: uh this this one it continues to this one is a little bit interesting because the arizona cardinals have failed to score a touchdown in the first quarter dating back to last season they're one of the worst first half teams in the league uh but we know the seattle defense has not been good all season long uh, and there's no reason for optimism for them to be uh that way as well uh so this is an interesting setup here uh kenneth walker now going to be the starting running back for this for the seattle seahawks with the rashad penny injury uh looks like he's gonna uh assimilate really well into that offense uh so for me I, I gotta go with the trends here and how bad the arizona cardinals have been in that first half you add in the fact that they're on the road uh, so that could play a factor as well and then for me uh with the way kyle murray performs in the first in the second half uh when they're unscripted plays and with the way that the seahawks uh have been all year long offensively Geno smith has definitely caught a lot of people's attention and a lot of people have been probably trying to get them on their fantasy football rosters if they're lucky um, for me I'm gonna have to roll with the over in this matchup uh, just because of the, the way these two offenses are set up here uh, it screams over to me because the defenses have been able to really stop anybody uh, so far this season
1: the second highest total of the weekend at 50 and a half only Buffalo and KC in that matchup inside Arrowhead a higher number at 53 in a hook so the cardinals right now pretty long odds to make the postseason the seattle seahawks the longest in the nfc at a plus plus ten sixty number harrison who has surprised you most this year either in a positive or negative way between these two teams in the nfc west
4: uh as a man who bet the under seven and a half wins for the arizona cardinals going into the season so uh, the cardinals haven't surprised me with their uh with their with their play so far uh, I think what has surprised me about the Arizona Cardinals is just how bad they are uh, when the plays are scripted. That's when you're supposed to be at your best, I would think. Right. Uh, and that just hasn't been the case. Those first 15 plays have not netted a touchdown yet. With that being said, it's definitely the Seattle Seahawks for me. Uh, as Geno Smith said, uh, I was one of those people who wrote him off. And uh, he's apparently not writing me back uh, so right. far. He's He's been playing very well. Uh, I, I thought it'd be a down year for Lockett and Metcalf, but they've proven to to play well this year with him. Uh, and <laughs> you look at Russell Wilson, what's happening with Denver, so you might start asking questions, was it Russell? Which is kind of crazy to even suggest, but all yeah. the stats are kind of pointing towards that direction, which is wild. Uh, so it's definitely the Seahawks for me. I didn't think they'd be this well offensively. Defensively, I, I assumed uh, they'd kind of be where they are right now, but Geno Smith is definitely... Uh, captured my attention Uh, and again uh, I wish I I, I, at this point I wish he was almost on my fantasy football team because right now I have Matthew Stafford and that shows you where Matthew Stafford is to the point where I'd rather have Geno Smith
1: Certainly so. Seattle has the second worst scoring defense in the NFL. It might not result in a ton of wins, but the offense will put up numbers. So good in your fantasy team or in the prop market comes Sunday as well. A huge Sunday night football game, Harrison, in the NFC East. Mike McCarthy saying yesterday for Dallas, the Cowboys are preparing that Cooper Rush will start under center for the boys on Sunday in Philly in the link. Against the unbeaten Birds, and the line has worked in Philly's favor after that news yesterday. Now six and a half in favor of Philadelphia. What's the pick in this game, Harrison? How do you think Sunday night football plays out? I'm going to go with the, the for me. The pick is
4: the under, and I also like the Cowboys. I think that they're what, they're uh, getting five points on this line. So for me, I'm going bit Dallas. I think their their ability to pressure uh Jalen Hurts. Yes, I know all, the Eagles yeah. have a great offensive line, but I think Dan Quinn has shown that he's able to get pressure in almost any situation here. And even if they aren't able to get pressure, I think they trust their secondary and their ability to make plays uh, in their secondary unit as well. So for me, I would roll uh, with the Dallas Cowboys in this matchup against this with the numbers, with the five points. I think the Eagles will eventually win this game, but I don't think, um, I don't think they could cover the spread here in this matchup. Too much, the defense is too good, the the over-under line is too low. Makes me think this game is gonna be within margins uh,
1: throughout the duration of it. It's a really good thought. I think it's a very correlated market this week for Sunday Night Football. If the Cowboys are going to cover as an underdog in Philly, that game probably stays under, that's the recipe for success. Philly, a minus 280 favorite in the NFC East divisional market. The Cowboys, the second best price at three to one. We will see what the result on Sunday night means for the NFC East odds come Monday morning. Harrison Sanford, catch them all across the grid on in-game live all weekend long. Harrison, thank you so much for your time. We round out this Thursday edition of the morning after. Up next Closing out our two hours together here live on the morning after on this Thursday on Sports Grid and Sirius XM channel 159. It's the home for Sports Grid radio on Sirius XM all across the Spids network. That's Sports Grid. And I am Ben Stevens on this Thursday night NFL week number six kicks off and you might be thinking to yourself oh it's thursday yeah there's a thursday night football game it's the washington commanders and the chicago bears at soldier field but i can do other things i can go meet friends for drinks i can go take a long walk i don't need to watch football on this thursday like i often do each and every week don't do that it's football and that's a wonderful thing football is better than no football there's a college football game or two this uh thursday evening as well so we enjoy football here on the morning after So we finish with a football best bet before we say farewell. And before we say goodbye, it's time for a rushing yards prop best bet. In fact, it is time for bye, bye, bye. Some great tidbits of info here as we have looked forward to Thursday night football from Chantel Chan looking at Justin Fields having a big day on the ground from Tyler Aki live in Chicago and that second half team total for the Washington Commanders the Bears only allowing one touchdown in the second half so far this year And Washington's second half team total is nine and a half do with that what you will but as I was breaking down this football game of course I look at the ground game the total is 37 a half we don't expect a ton of offense and from chicago's perspective they are the only team in the national football league that runs the ball 60 uh, percent of their plays or higher this season 60.2 to be exact so i look at not david montgomery not justin fields but good numbers there as well the man known as juice khalil herbert his rushing yards prop tonight is simply too low it's 26 and a half he only had four carries last week, 411 yards. That's an anomaly. Every other game this year, the four others, he's gone over. In the bare minimum there was 38 yards. He's averaging 65.6 yards per game on the ground. Let's get the juice fired up tonight over 26 and a half. A football Friday for you tomorrow on the morning after. It starts at 9 a.m. Eastern.